Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envy.
his eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. host Ryan Gable and you are tuned into the secret teachings radio right here on the fringe FM new and live again tonight on the fringe FM after a month and a half traveling and another week and a half of the network being down while it was being set up at a new location feels very good to be back last night we talked about contagious Coercion. That show is in the archive at www.thesecretteachings.info. It will also be available to download and stream for free, regardless if you are a subscriber to our archive at thesecretteachings.info. It will be available by clicking on the slide tab at the very top of the website. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com and or use the Facebook Messenger, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. That's facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. We are on no other social media platforms. I don't like Facebook either, but I'm trying to use the minimal amount of compromising resources in order to best suit this radio broadcast and the ethical, moral standards that I myself have, and that I know many of you have as well. One of those standards is simply providing proof or evidence or some kind of of documentation for the things that we talk about on the show. I did that last night, and I'll do that in part tonight. But sometimes you can't really provide physical documentation. Sometimes we make observations that are more interesting than they are factual in the sense that there's a declassified document or some white paper. And we do that when we look at popular culture, when we look at the music industry, or when we look at television shows or movies, we think about things like predictive programming, things like revelations of the method or the revelation of the method. And when we look at things like that and we make connections, we see correlations and parallels, sometimes we can find evidence, find a pattern that otherwise it might be overlooked. And that's what we do here on The Secret Teachings. And I'm going to probably be mentioning my cross-country road trip a lot in the next couple of weeks because so much happened on that trip that I did not get to share with you as an audience. Of course, we weren't on air like normal, but the show did still broadcast Monday through Friday, a bunch of old shows, replays, and we did two shows a week that were travel logs to kind of keep you up to date and to keep me from going crazy. Uh, Updates on what we were doing, where we were traveling, And also, 
in the process talking about some things that maybe were important or topical that needed to be briefly addressed. I also had a chance to go on Dave Cruz's show and Clyde Lewis's show on the trip. Dave Cruz at the beginning, Clyde toward the end. And in between, I tried to keep myself sane. I really was itching to get back in radio. Last night felt so good, and I'm feeling good again tonight. And uh, I did feel, I felt a little bit winded last night. I was thinking that after the show, I, I walked around the apartment, and I thought, I mean, I've done like one-hour shows for about a month, a couple of them for the travel logs, but I haven't done a two-hour show straight through for a while, and it felt good, and I felt into it, but I just thought, wow, I need to like, I need to catch my breath a little bit, you know, whether I do two-hour show, three-hour show, and uh, tonight I think, I think I'm, I'm well-conditioned from last night's show, so I am ready to share with you something that I find very interesting something that I find that you will find very interesting. And it all started back in mid-May, just last month, when I was traveling up from the Redwoods. Didn't really want to be in California, but went to California, went to the Redwoods, and then drove all night through part of the Redwood Forest into Oregon. Didn't really want to go to Oregon either. But went up through Oregon, southern Oregon, and uh, ended up parking somewhere and sleeping for about an hour and a half, two hours. And the next, uh, the next morning, really, was a few hours later. Uh, I was in the passenger seat, kind of half asleep, half awake, because I, I drove all night. And uh, we drove into Portland, Oregon, and uh, looked at the city, um, still filled with trash and the homeless problem is more explosive than the last time I was there with Joe Roop like two and a half, three years ago. It's a horrible, horrible situation in Portland. That's what you get with those kinds of policies, though. You let the city be burned down. I didn't even go downtown because of the, because of the, everything was boarded up. I was told uh, the trash and the homelessness, the, the, the filth. I read that they have cleaned 33,000 gallons of human waste off the streets, mostly feces and urine, and they have cleanup crews to do that. I mean, rather than just employing people, we just have a massive amount of homeless, homelessness and homeless camps all over that city. Uh, it's just it's it's sad because it's such a beautiful place, and we got to go to a park or two there, and we we had some food, and prior to going to Portland, I had told uh, Ron Patton and uh, Clyde, my two friends, that I was going to be coming to Portland, and I thought, you know, they're in a different studio now, so I don't know how it works, but I thought maybe I can come on to Ground Zero again. We can do another in-studio show. I've done probably 14 shows with Clyde over the years, but I've done like four in-studio. This is my fourth one in-studio. And they told me, yeah, sure, absolutely. So Clyde had called me that day we were in Portland, I didn't really sleep the night before, and said he had this idea for a show about technology and about aliens, because I had told him I'd prefer to talk about something relating to aliens or occultism. And so he said, have you ever seen this movie that came out in the 1920s or ever heard of this movie called Algol? Spell it A L 
A-L-G-O-L, algal. And I had never heard of algal. So I said, no, I, I haven't heard of that. Can you tell me a little bit about it? So he, he gave me just a brief overview of what he was reading about it. And then he said, you know, I'll send you the paper. You can read it, my little monologue. And then when you come into studio later, you know, we'll talk and then we'll do the show. So he gave me an idea of what the show was going to be on. Uh, and we talked and that was about it. So we go in, we do the show. That was the night of the 14th. Uh, and immediately after the show, I actually drove again all night to Boise, Idaho, about six hours from Portland. So I was t- just totally del- delirious. But I thought the show went really well. And not only did I think the show went really well, I thought that it was probably the best show that Clyde and I had ever done together. And I really thought that the topic was was not only interesting, it was quite fascinating and its parallels and its correlations with what's happening today in 2021 for a couple of different reasons. The movie Algol came out in 1920. The subtitle of the movie, The Tragedy of Power. And the movie is about an extraterrestrial that comes to Earth and gives a technological device to a human being for what amounts to free energy. Now, the man who received this device, he puts it into implementation, and rather than creating a more just, equitable, profitable, free world, it essentially destroys the world, and only the man with the machine is really prosperous. The man's name is Robert Hearn in the movie, and his son Reginald decides he wants the power for himself. So his son tries to take that power. And in the process, Robert decides, instead of having his son take the power from him and be in control, he will destroy the machine instead. It's a silent film, again in 1920, called Algol, the Tragedy of Power. Now, the story of Robert and his son Reginald in the, in the movie is an excellent example of the story of Saturn and his children in mythology because Saturn, the father, consumes the child. Saturn plants in us the seeds of our own destruction, a necessary evil that the son will always overtake the father in so many different ways. But in this case, the father destroys the machine to prevent the son from having the power. So there's a twist on that myth. Now, when I heard about the movie and I read about it and then did the show with Clyde, both of us were thinking about the 1962 Twilight Zone episode, season three, episode 24, called To Serve Man. And in this episode, an alien race comes to Earth. This is 42 years after the movie Algol came out. An alien race comes to Earth promising peace and promising to share wonderful technology for things like energy, etc. And they give man this book with an alien language, the title, To Serve Man. 
The name of the alien race was the Canamit. Now, this alien race, they give humans this book to serve man, implying that they're here to serve us. And toward the end of the episode, a lot of the humans are getting on board of the flying saucers, being told that they're going to be taken to this alien planet, and that it's essentially a utopia. And they're going to be served by these aliens. Until a couple of people decipher the alien language, and when the linguists and the the team of researchers figure out what the language is and the translation of the book, they realize it's not about serving man by serving his ego that he believes he is going to be taken care of. He is the pinnacle of civilization. Aliens came to Earth to give us technology to serve us. In reality, the aliens are planning to serve man as food. It's a cookbook. The famous line from that episode, it's a cookbook. Don't get on that that ship. It's a cookbook. The aliens are trying to serve you for dinner. Maybe for lunch, maybe a little leftovers for breakfast. That came out in 1962, but in 1920, the silent movie Algol was the first of its kind to depict this kind of interaction between an alien species and Earth. A really revolutionary concept. And some people believe that it was part of a revelation of the method, part of an open conspiracy to detail something that has actually taken place in reality. Now, if you go back to the earliest days of science fiction, one of the first science fiction films ever made was in 1902, 18 years before Algol. It's called A Trip to the Moon. Some of you know I went to film school in Orlando, Florida at Full Sail University, and it really wasn't a great experience. I didn't learn a lot there. Maybe I didn't apply myself much. But when I was there, we watched this movie in class. That's how I learned about it. And you can find it online. You can watch it. It's not a very long movie. It's like a short, short movie. And you watch it, and these scientists, these engineers, they, they basically create this, this ship, this rocket. It's a giant bullet. And they get inside of it, and they shoot themselves to the moon. They crash into the moon. They get out on the moon. It's like a stage play. And when they're walking around the moon, they see that there are other living creatures there on the moon. And uh, there's an internal part of the moon where there's life underneath the surface of the moon. This was in 1902. 18 years later, Algol comes out about an alien that gives a powerful technology to mankind. And rather than make the world a better place, it destroys the world. And the only ones that benefit from it are those that control the technology. So, when you think about a technology given to man, like the garden apple at Eden, 
you will be like God. You will be as wise as God. All you have to do is take a bite of the apple. Take a bite of the apple. Snow White, the poisoned apple. It's a metaphor. But it could be something more than a metaphor. It likely is more than a simple metaphor. Because this subject blends together with our current state of affairs, technologically speaking, 100 years and a few months after the movie Algol came out in 1920. We are in present day 2021 and have been for the past couple of months, the past couple of years, we've been in the same situation facing what amounts to economic and societal destruction, some call it replacement, of human civilization, of jobs, of economies, etc., by artificial intelligence, by machines, by robots, etc. And while we face this less than apocalyptic-like destruction, there's also a very real chance that we will also face an apocalyptic-like destruction to go along with the spiritual destruction, the economic destruction, and the ultimate, I call it faux-utopian world, in which a small number of people controlling the technology will be powerful and in control and successful while the rest suffer to survive on the scraps of what's left over from those who consume the most and need the least. In essence, those people, those companies are Robert Hearn and his son Reginald in the movie Algal. The technology doesn't save mankind. It destroys it. It doesn't serve mankind for anything except dinner. It doesn't protect our planet. It doesn't make us wiser or even smarter. It actually assists in dehumanizing the human being. It assists in making us more barbaric, unable to properly communicate. It prevents us from being human. It's a replacing of the organic world with a synthetic system. A hive mind, synthetic system controlled by a machine, an intelligence that is artificial, that will control the sub-reality that is digital, that is a replica of the natural world. This isn't speculation. This isn't conspiracy. This is the present state of technological affairs. And there is an incredible white paper written by the company Samsung on this subject called The Next Hyperconnected Experience for All, 6G. 
The document was issued by Samsung Research, and you can find it by typing that in. The next hyper-connected experience for all. Type in Samsung PDF or Samsung PDF, the next hyper-connected experience for all. Or email me at rdgable at yahoo.com, and I'll send you a copy of this incredible paper where they talk about building this system called 6G. We're not talking about 5G and electromagnetic fields and radiation. We're talking about what they call truly immersive extended reality, or XR, high-fidelity mobile hologram, and digital replica, digital replica of the real world of people, of places, and of things. All the technology is supposed to save us. It's supposed to make us live in what is considered to be a state of utopian affairs. In reality, it strips us of our humanity. It promises to serve us directly, but it serves us directly not for ourselves, but to this alien force, like in the episode of The Twilight Zone to Serve Man, like in the movie Algol back in 1920. When we come back from break, I'm going to break down, decipher what Algol means. And I think it's something that you won't want to miss, even if you heard the show that Clyde Lewis and I did on Algol back in mid-May on Ground Zero when I was traveling out west. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. We'll be back. You are listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, where you can catch The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable five nights a week after Lighting the Void with Joe Rook. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of my books. For the month of June, home of the summer solstice, you can submit a one-time donation of only $45 and get a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping. For those of you who want to consistently support the show, you can subscribe for a monthly donation and get the same access to the archive. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donation Subscribe tab at the top of the page. If you're just interested in the books, you can find each one of those on the website as well. And if you have any questions, you can email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for supporting The Secret Teachings over the years. I look forward to keeping you company through all the late nights and early mornings for many years to come. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. 
Do you want to know more about this strange and weird reality we live in? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where we explore the unrevealed. Every Wednesday night, live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of the Kev Baker Show. You can find me at Truth Frequency Radio or on my home website, www.kevbakershow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. If you want the most unique blend of subjects anywhere on radio, from parapsychology, pop conspiracy, parapolitics, the paranormal, and symbolism, look no further than The Secret Teachings, airing Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Our topics, themes, and perspectives are not bogged down by rhetoric or ideological collective associations. It's just raw thought and consciousness. Check us out by visiting our website at thesecretteachings.info or the network fringe.fm. listening to the secret teachings radio right here on the fringe fm i'm ryan gable your host if you'd like to contact the show rdgable at yahoo.com thank you all for joining us this evening back live and new right here on the fringe as we will be monday through friday i'm back in studio the network is back up and running we are primed and ready for assault against all deception, all omission, all lies, all manipulation, and all things that are an inversion of life. It's unfortunate that technology can be used to invert life and to replace not only man with machine, but God with an ideological collective, a hive mind controlled by artificial intelligence. These are things that are not speculative, but things that have been talked about by Google executives, by Facebook heads, by people that work at places like DARPA, those that work in the military. These are things that are published by technology companies like Samsung, their sixth-generation technology, the next hyper-connected experience for all, a white paper published by Samsung Research, within the last six months. 
And all of it reads like a sci-fi movie. It reads like an episode of The Twilight Zone, the famous episode to serve man. Season 3, episode 24 of The Twilight Zone, aliens come to Earth, the Canamit come to Earth, and they give man a book to serve man. Man, with his ego, believes that the book is there to serve him. The technology given is there to serve him. But really, the book is a cookbook, and the aliens intend to serve man as food, not to protect and to serve in a positive, preserving way, in a negative destruction, negative destroying way. The technology... And the promise of utopia is the deception. Now, 42 years prior to this episode coming out, a movie was published in 1920, or a movie was released in 1920, called Algol, A-L-G-O-L, Tragedy of Power. It's about an alien that gives a powerful technological device to man, which is used for energy purposes, and it destroys the whole world and only empowers the man who operates it. Now, when you think of the name Al Ghul, Al Ghul, and you consider movies and television shows and popular culture, Al Ghul is mentioned and used and referenced in a couple of different places. From my research in the comic book world, Batman number 232, the comic Daughter of the Demon, the daughter is Talia, the daughter of the demon Talia is the daughter of Ra's al Ghul. Ra's al Ghul, for those who don't really read comics, I'm not really a person who reads comics or knows a lot about different universes, but I did watch the Batman movies by Christopher Nolan. I watched some of the old Batman. Ra's al Ghul was a very important character in the Christopher Nolan films. In the first Batman, Ra's al Ghul, we learn about the Secret Society, the League of Shadows. We learn about their involvement in destroying the world to rebuild it. We learn about their attempt and their desire to allow Gotham to burn to the ground so that they can rebuild on the ashes a better society. So Ra's al Ghul runs this group called the League of Shadows or the Brotherhood of the Demon. The Brotherhood of the Demon. The demon Ra's al Ghul has a daughter named Talia. Hence this Batman comic 232, Daughter of the Demon. The daughter of the demon is Talia, the demon is Ra's al Ghul, and the Brotherhood of The demon, an ancient secret order seeking to balance the world through societal purges in places that are considered far too decadent. In the Lord of the Rings universe, the Nazgul, the Nazgul are the Black Riders. They're also known as the Nine Riders. An imperial pantheon of nine divines from Elder Scrolls, the video game, also parallels the nine riders from Lord of the Rings. 
in the Elder Scrolls video games or the Elder Scrolls universe, the Imperial Pantheon of Nine Divines are a religious order, an imperial cult, and the ninth divine of this imperial cult is Tiber or Tiber Septim, who goes by the name Talos. For those of you who know mythology, Talos was a bronze warrior that protected the island of Crete. Now, these are just the basic associations. They might not mean much to you, but when we start to connect them, you'll see a pattern emerge. The name of the movie in 1920 is Algol. An alien gives a powerful technological device to man to be used for the purpose of providing energy. A similar story is told in To Serve Man, a 1962 episode of The Twilight Zone. The name Algol is known to astronomers, first of all. It's a star, the Algol star. Algol is Arabic, and it means demon's head. The Algol star, also known as the demon star, or demon's head star, is in the constellation Perseus. Perseus is the hero that slays the Gorgon, one of the three Gorgon, Medusa. Medusa's head is then removed by Perseus. Therefore, her head is the Algol, the demon head. The head that is used to turn in the myth set us into stone. The head that otherwise, when attached, just like the other two Gorgon, turn those who look at her into stone. Identical to the story of Harry Potter and the basilisk, looking at the basilisk will essentially paralyze you. Turning one into stone does not necessarily mean literal stone. It is a form of paralysis, another version of the story told in Harry Potter. Another version is also told in the story of Lot's wife in the Bible. She is turned into a pillar of, some say dust, some say salt. The story of Orpheus and Eurydice and the story of Cupid and Psyche are also myths in which one person is pulled into hell or a person turns into something that they were not upon observation. All these stories suggest, as do all myths and superstitions, that since the eyes are the gateway to the soul, the eyes are very very powerful, that the gaze of an individual is very powerful and it can affect other things that are unattached directly to it. In science, it's a generally held belief and part of mainline scientific theory that by observing the world, we are changing it by simple observation. If you take a physics class, you'll probably learn that 
particles exist as a wave, they exist as particles, they exist in different forms, and when you observe them, you change the form of what you are observing. Therefore, one could surmise that by looking at another person, since that person or an object, since that object is made out of the same elementary material that you are, you can change that object from a distance, short or long, without physically interacting with it in the ways in which we typically define physical interaction. So looking at something can change the outcome and change the effect. And there's a word or two words that have been used to describe the malevolent usage of this look. It's called the evil eye. The evil eye is a superstitious belief that people have had since antiquity that through a simple glance, a simple malicious stare, one could succumb to illness, unluckiness, or even die simply by the look of another. Now, for one to actually believe it wholeheartedly, whole solely, they may actually succumb to internal pressures directed by the subconscious that that look, that experience that they've had, is going to cause something to happen to them. And as a result, they cause their own illness. They cause their own unluckiness. They cause their own death. The same thing when you read tarot cards or you practice any form of divination. And therefore, since antiquity... Different cultures have come up with different methods, but for the same purpose, to provide protection against this evil eye. Now, we're still talking about Algul, the demon's head, but it's through the gaze upon the demon's head that one is turned to stone, one is paralyzed, one is petrified. In Arab culture, the Hamsa, or the hand of Fatima, has been used as protection. It will look like a hand with an eyeball in the middle or sometimes a blue circle with inner white and turquoise circles. This is known as the Hamsa, and it's used as a protective device against the evil eye. Another symbol is the figa or fico, an amulet used against the evil eye. It's very common in Latin America. One that is very, very little known is coral. Coral is sometimes referred to as the sea tree. So we're talking about coral that comes out of the ocean. It's therefore a symbol of the mother goddess because of its association with water. And it's used historically as an amulet to provide protection against poison, sorcery, and a glance of the evil eye. So if you have a hamsa, or you have a piece of coral, or you have something amounting to a hamsa in a, in a figa or a fico, F-I-C-O or F-I-G-G-A, these are talismans or amulets that provide protection against this evil eye. 
Now, the evil eye itself is just symbolic action carried out through intention, and this has power to act upon the imagination through will. This is the evil eye. This is why the basilisk slays by a single look. The story of the basilisk, as made probably popular by Harry Potter, it is indeed a magical allegory and not a literal fable. Now, protections have always been used against these influences, amulets, talismans, charms, etc. And it's been believed that not only the common person or a mythical creature like a basilisk could carry out these actions, but those that are specialized clearly and obviously have this power, including witches, who have the ability by mere glance of eye to bewitch others. Hence the term bewitching. In Italy, the evil eye was known as mal diocchino. In Greece, it is the baskinos, similar to the basilisk. And the Arab culture is the eye of envy, known as ain al-hasad. And in Sumerian, the ighul is the evil eye. Necklaces and earrings were popular defensives. They were popular tools against the evil eye, acting to draw attention to the jewelry itself rather than the wearer. This is why people have these little talismans to begin with, so that they can draw the attention off of their own eyes, off of themselves, and onto that jewelry. A lot of sorcerers and black magicians are believed to possess this ability to kill by mere glance, while others have taken various routes to causing harm by burning the images of their enemies or puncturing the images with pens, depending on the amount of harm intended. This is obviously something very popular in what I would say are the misconceived depictions of voodoo or hoodoo. Because even in voodoo, you have hex signs that are a combination of cosmic symbols that share a parallel to Kabbalistic elements, and these are for protection against those dark forces. Their usages vary between protection from black magic and the evil eye to the curing of various forms of illnesses. And this story is also told popularly in the Bible in the story of Daniel. See, when Daniel was accused of being an imposture for his use of false magic, he and his accusers were subject by the Babylonian king to a den of lions. These lions in the den did not harm Daniel, though, because neither the lion nor he was afraid. As with the projection of will by mere glance, the evil eye, a lion or tiger, will recede before the magnetic observance of those considered brave souls, even if they are lacking a physical weapon. This is to be understood as a literalism and as metaphor, because fear is an inhibiting factor to growth and the balance of control. Here is why the Magi were able to keep leopards, lions, and tigers in a docile state within the kingdom of Assyria, according to the historical and the magical record. Essentially understanding the animal, understanding fear, understanding how to connect with nature. This is what we would call 
natural magic, sympathetic magic, white magic, etc. Those who intend to do harm with it are the black magicians. Those are the ones intentionally projecting the evil eye. The evil eye also has an interesting background in Egypt. We don't really think of the evil eye in Egypt. We think of the positive eye, the eye of Horus or the eye of Ra. But see, the eye of Horus, the eye of Ra, is the right eye. It's the eye of the sun. The left eye, although not negative, it's a necessary evil and it's part of the balance. The left eye is attributed to Thoth, and the left eye of Horus is the moon. So we have what we call the Pythagorean Y. On the left side is the moon, on the right side is the sun. The moon is the overseer of all those creepy, crawly things, spiders, snakes, all the things that you see on Halloween, cobwebs, etc. On the other side is the sun, the brilliance of the sun, the wisdom, the love, the warmth. Those that take the dark path find themselves strolling through life only to come to a dead end. Those who take the difficult path find themselves jumping over hurdles and obstacles and they find at the end a heavenly paradise. This is what we call the Pythagorean Y. So the eye of Horus, or the eye of Ra, the sun, illuminates the darkness, therefore providing protection against the evil eye. That evil eye is in the head of the demon, the head of Medusa, who was slain by the hero Perseus in mythology. This evil eye is also directly related to the actual algal star, the algal star known as the demon star in the constellation Perseus. Again, algal means demon's head, so it's the demon head star in the constellation Perseus. It's known as the evil eye out of the demon head, And we know that Algol, astronomically speaking, tends to blink on and off because of its revolution and because of other planets. It's a, I believe, it's a binary, uh, binary trinary star system. Therefore, it seems like the demon head or the eye is winking because it blinks in and out. It blinks on and off. And therefore, the evil eye is winking. Algol is winking. The trinary star system. Now, when you consider the mythology and you consider the popular references and the popular culture to such a thing, we must also consider the etymology of the word. And it's very, very interesting, the etymological relationship. Al-Ghul, as in Al-Ghul, Raz Al-Ghul, the daughter of the demon, Batman number 323, the daughter of the demon is Talia. Her father is the demon, Raz Al-Ghul, leader of the ancient secret society. The Nazgul from Lord of the Rings, the Black Riders or the Nine Riders, Lord of the Rings, you have the Eye of Sauron as well. The Serpent, the Serpent Eye. Sauron essentially translates to serpent or reptile, some variation of some form of that. 
And of course, in the Elder Scrolls video game, the Elder Scrolls universe, the Imperial Pantheon of Nine Divines are a religious order of an imperial cult, essentially. They are composed of nine individuals. The ninth divine, Tiber Septum, is known as Talos, and Talos in myth is a large bronze warrior that protected the island of Crete. Not just a large bronze warrior, though, but a large bronze warrior bot or robot machine that protected the island of Crete. So we have the demon head, we have the demon's eye, the evil eye, and the serpent-haired Medusa, her head chopped off by Perseus. Algol also means something else, and I'm sure that most of you already know what Algol is, especially if you heard the show that Clyde Lewis and I did back in mid-May. Algol is Algorithm. Algol 60 is short for Algorithmic Language 1960, a member of the Algol family of computer programming languages. Following Algol 58, which introduced things like code blocks and the begin and end pairs for delimiting them. This represented a very important advance in the rise of structured programming. Algol 60 was the first language implementing what's called nested function definitions with lexical scope. It gave way to many of the modern programming languages that we have today. Virtually every single computer program Every single computer of the 1960s, 1970s, around that time, had a system, a programming language based on Algol 60. Algol, Algorithm. The movie Algol, The Tragedy of Power in 1920, the alien gives the powerful technological device to man like the aliens in To Serve Man, the 1964 episode of The Twilight Zone. It destroys... Earth. It destroys man in Algol, the movie, and in the Twilight Zone episode to serve man, respectively. The technology, the apple, is a deceptive gift. It is a Trojan horse. And if you look at the etymology and you look at the mythos of Algol, Algol the star is the demon star in Perseus. It is the demon's head, a trinary star system. In relation to the movie, there is also the binary star system of Sirius and the story of the Dogon tribe in Mali who believe they, in the past, were given information and knowledge from beings that came from somewhere else. The binary star system, the intertwining of what astronomically looks like a DNA strand, that they perhaps had some hand in the development of humans. In myth, Perseus slays the Gorgon, one of three Gorgons, Medusa, and uses the head to turn a character named Cetus into stone. Now, the stone is stone, but it is also paralysis, as the basilisk in Harry Potter petrifies and turns those who see it into paralyzed bodies. Similar stories are told in the story of the Bible of Lot and his wife, a pillar of salt, a pillar of smoke. Orpheus and Eurydice, and Cupid and Psyche. Because of the trinary nature of the Algol star system, Algol is said to blink. 
And since Algol is blinking, the demon's eye is winking. The demon's eye is winking. The demon's eye is watching us. The eye of providence, the all-seeing eye. Algol is short for algorithm. And when we think of algorithms, when we think of machines, when we think of computers, what else do we find? We find artificial intelligence. And how do you say AI? Think about it. A as in alpha. A I. An I. AI. Artificial intelligence is AI. Something I found very disturbing, and I wrote about it in my book, The Technological Elixir, which covers everything from UFOs to the replacement of biological organic life with synthetic non-organic life. I talked about Momo and Slenderman in the book and the music industry. The story of a young kid named Manish Saki in India who was hanged, was found hanging. And when they found him hanging a couple of years ago, at the onset of this so-called Momo challenge, what happened was they found a couple of things written on the wall. They found the word Illuminati. And they found three other words written on the wall. Devil's one eye. Momo means devil. It means demon. Demon, demon, devil, devil. Perform the self-sacrifice to meet the devil. That was the part of the challenge that was perhaps most overlooked but most disturbing. The devil's one eye also relates to the actual sculpture of Momo. The sculptor removed an eye when he destroyed the sculpture that became so popular on social media and in the mainstream media. One eye, AI, Hal from a space odyssey. Algol is looking at you, blinking. Are you looking back? I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. Stay with us. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health? to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK, Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. 
If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of my books. For the month of June, home of the summer solstice, you can submit a one-time donation of only $45 and get a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping. For those of you who want to consistently support the show, you can subscribe for a monthly donation and get the same access to the archive. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donation Subscribe tab at the top of the page. If you're just interested in the books, you can find each one of those on the website as well. And if you have any questions, you can email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for supporting The Secret Teachings over the years. I look forward to keeping you company through all the late nights and early mornings for many years to come. Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? Do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhanced and improved sound quality, edit out those processing slips, mix multiple clips and tracks, back volumes, deliver consistent sound, live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels and loud measure broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, show artwork. Or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. The biggest thing is time. A lot of people that podcast don't have time. It's going to take you months to launch. If we did it for you, we could do it tomorrow. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. This is Jess Rogie, host of the Rogie Report, and you're listening to the Fringe FM, KTLK, digital broadcasting. If you want the most unique blend of subjects anywhere on radio, from parapsychology, pop conspiracy, parapolitics, the paranormal, and symbolism, look no further than The Secret Teachings, airing Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Our topics, themes, and perspectives are not bogged down by rhetoric or ideological collective associations. It's just raw thought and consciousness. Check us out by visiting our website at thesecretteachings.info or the network fringe.fm. You're listening to The Secret Teachings, and I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Thank you for staying with us and supporting the show over the last couple of months. As I've been out of town on vacation and as the network has been transitioning to bigger and better things, we wish Joe Roop, my good friend, well wishes in Arizona. I'm very jealous of Joe Roop out in Arizona. Not really jealous of the Sedona area, but I'm very jealous of Arizona. I'm trying to get out to Arizona as well, and I'm able to move. I just think it's logical to probably save up a little more money. And to continue to do the radio show the way that we've been doing it, everything support-wise has been on par, breaking even, which for me works. It would just be nice to make a little more, so I'm going to open up a Patreon account. 
And if you have any opinions, any feedback on how we should run Patreon, what you would like for Patreon, I'm going to keep it real cheap, like $5 a month. Please get back to me. Let me know what you think. rdgable at yahoo.com. Send me your ideas for the show, things that you think we could do better, things that you think that we should keep the way that they are. Whatever feedback you have, I don't care. rdgable at yahoo.com. Dot com, the website www.thesecretteachings.info, and uh, you know about the you know about the website. I mean, we have three big books on the website, and when you buy those books, you support the show, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and the Technological Elixir. I've had a lot of trouble getting additional copies of the Technological Elixir. The publisher, I think, is going to just basically drop it because I've added a section that they don't like. So I might have to go with another self-publisher for that. I still have copies of the book, but I'm trying to get that worked out. Anyway, it's all on the website if you want information on that, along with our full show archive. My question to you is, are you looking back at the Eye of Providence? Are you looking and staring at the demon's eye, at the eye of Hal, at the eye of Horus, at the eye of Momo, at the eye of Medusa, the eye known as Algol. In astronomy, Algol, designated officially Beta Perse, is known as the demon star. It's a multiple star in the constellation of Perseus one of the first non-Nova variable stars to ever be discovered. The constellation is Perseus, who slayed Medusa in the myth and cut off her head. Her head, of course, is covered in snakes and serpents. Now, in the story and in the trilogy, which I think was expanded unofficially, it's still considered a trilogy, but the Lord of the Rings trilogy The eye of Sauron was this serpentine-like eye because Sauron means serpent. It was a representation of evil. And it has a direct relationship to serpents. The hair of Medusa. In Lord of the Rings, there were nine riders, or the black riders, known as the Nazgul. In Batman, Ra's al Ghul is the father of a girl named Talia, similar to Talos in Greek myth. And in Batman number 232, Daughter of the Demon, it references Ra's al Ghul's demonic presence as the daughter of the demon as Talia, the daughter of Ra's al Ghul. And Ra's al Ghul runs something called the League of Shadows of the Brotherhood of the Demon, a secret society that wants to balance the world by creating societal purges in places considered to be decadent. Ra's al Ghul, Nazgul, Talio is similar to Talos, the Greek myth of the bronze warrior that protected the island of Crete, a warrior that was made of bronze, a warrior that was robotic. Talos. In the imperial cult, within the mythos of the Elder Scrolls universe, or the video game, one of my favorite video games, the ninth divine in the imperial cult, 
like the Nine Riders in Lord of the Rings, the Nazgul, the Ninth Divine is Tibur Septim, who is known as Talos, the bronze warrior robot from the mythology. See, when these movies, when these TV shows, when these video games are written, the writers pick through mythology to find relevant correlations to their storyline. And this is part of the synchromysticism, the pop conspiracy, and the other topics that we discuss on this show by finding these parallels and these patterns to provide you with an interesting perspective on a topic like we're covering tonight. In 1920, a movie came out called Algol, Tragedy of Power, 1920, where an alien gives powerful technology to man, and that technology is used as an energy device, and it doesn't really save the world. It actually kind of destroys the world. In the 1964 episode of The Twilight Zone, same thing. Man is ushered onto these spaceships thinking he's going to Utopia, but really he's being served for dinner. The name of the episode, To Serve Man, Man Believes the Technology Given by the Alien is going to make our lives easier and better. We believe that the algal rhythms and the artificial intelligence or the AI, the AI, AI, that the winking eye of technology is going to save us from ourselves, is going to protect us, is going to make life that much easier. Well, it does. It makes life so easy, it's not even worth living anymore. It's like a cheat code. There's no purpose to life once this system is fully implemented. This is the work of no other character of such an infamous nature as he who shall not be named, as his infernal majesty, as evil, the devil, the inversion of life. The algal star is known as the demon's head star, or just the demon star. It is in the constellation Perseus. The story of Algol is also told, in essence, in the story of the Dogon tribe in Africa and their binary star system of Sirius, for which they knew details that astrologers and astronomers didn't know about this star system. Long, long, long before parts of the star system were even discovered, that tribe in Africa knew about it. Now, in the story of Perseus, when he slays Medusa, he takes the head and uses it, as we know in the myth, to turn Cetus into stone. Stone also could refer to paralysis. It could also refer to something that is not known so well, and that is the story of Frankenstein. Frankenstein and his monster. Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein means man of stone, brought to life by electricity. So now we're dealing with what amounts to alchemy. Brought to life by electricity, a man of stone, an artificial man. 
sewn together and brought to life by stone. The monster, that is. Frankenstein's monster, that is. Frankenstein. Man of stone. Translating to the creature sewn together and brought to life with this electricity. The stone man, the artificial man, created artificially in a lab and brought to life to be controlled. Now those that are creating the artificial man want nothing to do with man's desires of love and companionship. Those creating the artificial man want to remove man's ability to feel anything, to feel genuine emotion, to feel genuine love, to feel genuine connectivity, to feel genuine humility, compassion, you name it. Because that is a vulnerable human being. That is a real human being. That is a fiery, powerful human being. To strip out all of these what they consider to be imperfections creates a sterile environment, a machine-like, computer-like environment that is being offered to us in exchange for our humanity. We are being given the cookbook. We are being given the free energy device from To Serve Man and Algol, the movie from 1920, respectively. We are being given the glance, the look of AI, an eye. And Algol is delivering a fallen demonic star, a fallen demon, a head chopped off, but used to turn man into something less than human. Those of you who have followed this show know about our coverage of the Momo Challenge and how when the Momo Challenge began, the first person, or at least one of the first people, there may have been more, but one of the first people to die in the challenge was a young Indian kid who hung himself, supposedly. And as he died, or prepared to die, he he had written, I guess before he hung himself he had written, but he prepared to die, wrote this on the wall, and then hung himself He wrote Illuminati on the wall, and he wrote Devil's One Eye. Devil's One Eye. When the sculptor of the Momo that became so infamous decided to destroy the sculpture, he kept one eye. One eye. A-I. The eye of the Terminator, the eye of Hal, the supercomputer. In a space odyssey, the monkey touches the monolith. We touch our monoliths that we know as phones, tablets, computers, black mirrors into the abyss. We stare at the abyss that's artificially illuminated until we are consumed by the abyss, until it looks back at us and blinks. In the video game known as Assassin's Creed, there is a technology called the Apple of Eden. The Order of Ancients in the video game story called it the Orb. It's technology of the Isu. 
It is the apple from the Garden of Eden. Technology given to man. The point at which we touch this poisoned apple. The point at which God touched Adam. Or Elliot touched E.T. Or the monkey touched the monolith in 2001. Or Prometheus bring fire. Prometheus brought fire to mankind. When in the alien prequels in the movie series, Prometheus, the engineer, brought this black substance to Earth and created the environment, altered the DNA, and manufactured human beings. And then in the next prequel, the aliens were planning to return to Earth to release the opposite of this biological black goo substance that created man, the opposite to destroy man. The opposite would destroy man as a biological agent, a black goo, as it was depicted in the films. And it almost feels as if what's been happening in the last 12 to 18 months is the equivalent of a malicious, hateful, spiteful, cold, callous, machine-like race or alien species. Something that's not human. That are doing the things that we talked about last night on the broadcast, Contagious Consensus. Attempting to alter human DNA, attempting to replace the organic world with synthetics, attempting to destroy all that is natural, all that is God-given, all that is free, all that is beautiful, and replace it with those things that are diabolic, with those things that are ugly, with those things that are decaying and destructive. This is the world that we live in today, and it is amplified in its terror. It is amplified in its power through the algal rhythm, the AI that is watching us, monitoring us, gauging us, cataloging us, categorizing us, and not preparing for assimilation not preparing for transhumanism, but conditioning us under the best-case scenario to accept transhumanism when assimilation is not the goal. Extermination is the end goal. Now, it might not be extermination like some apocalyptic movie, but it is extermination of what we call organic life, of what we call God, of what we call human. And I have some proof to back this up. If it's just too far-fetched to believe that this is a storyline that comes out of anywhere but a science fiction film or a science fiction story. I'll give you one example. Samsung... Research published a paper, The Next Hyperconnected Experience for All. 
You can find it on their website. They have a lot of links, but you have to really find the actual file. It's 60, 70 some pages. In the file, they talk about four major mega trends that are advancing toward sixth generation technology, 6G. The four major trends include connected machines, increased contribution for achieving social goals, virtually what the United Nations says they want with their 17 goals for quote-unquote sustainable development, essentially what the World Economic Forum wants, you would own nothing and like it, and the use of artificial intelligence, the use of an AI, AI for the wireless communication and the openness of mobile communications. And this document explains it all in great detail. You get to chapter 2 and they talk about 6G services. The ultimate multimedia experience, they call it. The ultimate multimedia experience of 6G services. Now these services are Truly immersive extended reality, or what they call XR. High fidelity mobile hologram and digital replica. The truly immersive XR, extended reality. This is what the document says. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but I'll read the little introduction for each of these three sections. XR is a new term that combines VR, virtual reality, AR, augmented reality, and MR, mixed reality. It has attracted great attention and opened new horizons in various fields, including entertainment, medicine, science, education, and manufacturing industries. Technical development to realize XR is still in progress, and new innovative technologies are constantly appearing. High Fidelity Mobile Hologram. I'll likewise read just the introduction to this. With the unprecedented rate of advances in high-resolution rendering, wearable displays, and wireless networks, mobile devices will be able to render media for 3D hologram displays. Hologram is a next-generation media technology that can present gestures and facial expressions by means of a holographic display. The content to display can be obtained by means of real-time capture transmission and 3D rendering techniques. In order to provide hologram display as a part of a real-time service, extremely high data rate transmission, hundreds of times greater than 5G systems, will be essential. And the third part is a digital replica. This reads like a manual on an alien spaceship Project Gaia, Project Earth, what they intend to do to the human population. Extend an immersive reality experience. Utilizing high-fidelity holograms and what they call digital replica. With the help of advanced sensors, AI, Algol, and communication technologies, it will be possible to replicate physical entities including people, devices, objects, systems, and even places in a virtual world. This digital replica of a physical entity is called a digital twin. In a 6G environment, 
Through digital twins, users will be able to explore and monitor the reality in a virtual world without temporal or spatial constraints. Users will be able to observe changes or detect problems remotely through the representation offered by digital twins. An immersive, extended reality, mixtures of VR, AR, and MR, high-fidelity mobile holograms, and a digital replica. Now, Samsung published this white paper, the next hyper-connected experience for all, and they put it on the Internet. And I found one news article about it from The Independent. And when I clicked on the links, it took me to Samsung's website, and it took me a while to find the actual document. I quote it and reference it in my book, The Technological Elixir, which is available for purchase at thesecretteachings.info. Covers a lot more than just this. You can read the reviews and the synopsis, the overview of the book, at www.thesecretteachings.info. And this paper, when I finally found it and printed it, reads like a manual that I, I imagine if an alien species operated like humans and had a battle plan. This is the alien battle plan. This is the invasion. It's not assimilation. It's invasion. It's not merging with machines. It's merging with the Grim Reaper. And it's run by the head of snakes with a face of stone. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this in the final segment. Please subscribe to the archive. If you enjoyed this show, you want to support us, www.thesecretteachings.info. Get access to the whole show archive. It's only $45 for the month of June, a year subscription, a physical copy of one of my books, free shipping in the U.S., and a digital copy for all of the books. You'll get access to that on the website. Stay with us. There's more after this. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM. And join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www 
thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of my books. For the month of June, home of the summer solstice, you can submit a one-time donation of only $45 and get a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping. For those of you who want to consistently support the show, you can subscribe for a monthly donation and get the same access to the archive. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donation Subscribe tab at the top of the page. If you're just interested in the books, you can find each one of those on the website as well. And if you have any questions, you can email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for supporting The Secret Teachings over the years. I look forward to keeping you company through all the late nights and early mornings for many years to come. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. On break, I was reading about digital replicas, and I found a couple of news articles. One came from Tech in Asia in 2017. Another came from the USA Today in 2020. It's about a year and a half ago, a year and change ago. TechinAsia.com published a story in 2017 saying, The Brave New World of Digital Humans Designed to Do Our Bidding. And I read that, and I try to think from the perspective of those who openly despise humanity and those who want to control and coerce humanity. And that kind of reads 
like maybe an internal memo inside of an alien spacecraft conference room, if you will, where they're talking about new technologies to control the human species, and they say we have digital replicate technology, and they will do our bidding. The USA Today published a story, AI, and I, AI, in 2020 and beyond, create a digital replica of your aging parent or yourself. And these digital replicas will do your bidding for you. What that means, while on the surface it's very kind and it's very fluffy, it's very light, but underneath is something darker. The Samsung paper, the next hyper-connected experience for all, is basically a manual for human enslavement within the confines of an artificially constructed world, a digital sub-reality dominated by an artificial consciousness. Run by an immersive extended reality, holograms and digital replicas of the real world of places and of people. The good news is, and there is good news, I believe that consciousness, you can call it Christ consciousness, you can call it God consciousness, it doesn't need to have a religious connotation. But I believe that consciousness is powerful enough, real, true, raw consciousness, call it love, call it awareness, is more powerful than the artificial construct and the artificial intelligence. The artificial structure has no substance, no base, no core. It is hollow. True consciousness is the most, for all intents and purposes, dense material object in all of existence. It is the essence and the foundation of all things. So I believe consciousness, raw, real consciousness, overrides the artificial system. It overrides the neural dust. It overrides the digital sub-reality. It overrides the satellites. It overrides the Wi-Fi, the 5G, the implementation of Samsung and other companies, 6G. It overrides the artificial structures, the cellular realignment and the RNA, DNA, cellular manipulation of RNA gene therapy shots, it overrides all of that. But in order for consciousness to be truly reached and activated and utilized, you must have what Christians and religious folk call faith. You cannot doubt Jesus on the boat or you will sink into the water of illusion like Peter. You have to believe and you have to know and you cannot kneel submit, or be wary of your consciousness, of your faith, of what you know is true. I believe consciousness, in a true sense, in a real sense, overrides those systems, and that's the good news I want to share with you tonight. Other good news, in my opinion, is that all of this information is good. Every little detail is good because it provides us with an understanding of the symbolic mythological, etymological language that people use to both entertain and to 
control. And some use it to entertain and control. It's a language that once it's understood, you begin to look at the world and you think, and you realize, oh, now I get it. Now it makes a lot more sense. Because if you don't have an understanding of the language, if you don't understand the code, then essentially nothing is going to make any sense. Why would something make sense if you don't understand the language? You don't even know that there is something written there. If you don't understand the language, it just looks like chicken scratch. It seems unconnected, unrelated. It doesn't seem significant. It doesn't seem relevant. But in reality, it is the language that is encoded, encrypted in the cookbook given to man by the aliens into serve man 1964 twilight zone episode it is the technology given to man in 1920 by algol algol the tragedy of power a 1920 movie One of the most arguably foundational science fiction films ever made. Aliens giving technology to man and in exchange, man uses it to destroy the earth because man's ego, man's desires are exploited by these alien impulses to cause destruction. This is the foundation of alchemy and magic, the reason why people are practitioners and scholars on the subject. It's why people are attracted to religion. It's the human experience. However, some have taken it further and some have weaponized those instincts. They've weaponized the ego. They've weaponized desire and they use it to sell you things. And it's not just a car or a watch. It's not just sex. They use it to sell you new ideologies. They use it to sell you a utopian world where if you just get on the ship, they'll take you to a better place. When in reality, it's a cookbook. It's a cookbook. And the aliens, the Canamuts, are not taking you to a utopia. They're going to eat you. They're going to consume you. They're going to paralyze you. They're going to turn you to stone. They're going to put you into a slumber. They're going to eradicate your existence. Turn you to stone like the stare of the basilisk or Medusa. Paralyze you, turn you to stone, and then we must rely on the hero Perseus to slay Medusa and to free us from the demon's gaze. The movie Algol, Algol, A-L-G-O-L, the pronunciation comes up in Batman as Ra's Algol, the leader of the Brotherhood of the Demon. The demon Ra's Algol has a daughter named Talia. In Batman 232, the daughter of the demon is the name of that edition of that comic. Talia is close to Talos in the myth 
of Talos, the bronze warrior robot that protects the island of Crete. Talos is also the name given to Tiber Septum, the ninth divine of the religious order or imperial cult of the imperial pantheon of nine divines from the Elder Scrolls universe. The nine divines are similar to the nine riders of the Black Riders in Lord of the Rings, known as the Nazgul. And the eye of Sauron is the serpentine eye that is always watching a false deceptive light, a false light that illuminates our black mirrors, our black goose screens, our monoliths that we touch, like Elliot and E.T., like Adam and God, like Prometheus bringing fire, or like the monkey touching the monolith in 2001, a space odyssey, the eye of Hal looking at us, the eye of the Terminator looking at us, the eye of the demon star, Algol, the Arabic demon's head, Medusa, the demon star, the demon's eye, the evil eye, winking at us. So we find protections against the evil eye. We find protections against AI, AI, and I. People have always looked for protections against these forces. They've looked to objects known as talismans or amulets. One object in particular is called the figa or the FICO, F-I-C-O. And this is an object, kind of like a hand, that provides protection against the evil eye. And if you look at it, it's the letter T in sign language, in American Sign Language. It looks like the letter T in American Sign Language. It's very similar to the hand of glory which was used by burglars and robbers to paralyze the people inside of the home so that they could rob the home. It's a black magic practice because they use a real human hand covered in wax, put a candle in between the fingers, light it. But paralysis again. But the figa or the fico, the fico, is used as a protective amulet against the evil eye. It's very common in Latin America. And it's also similar if you open the hand to the hand of Fatima, or the Hamsa that the Arabs use as a symbol of protection. It's very well known and used in the Western world as well. Coral, like out of the ocean, the sea tree, coral is also considered as a symbol of the mother goddess in water, as an amulet to provide protection against not just poison and sorcery, but any glance of the evil eye. In voodoo, despite the fact that a lot of people think voodoo is all evil, In voodoo, they use hex signs as a combination of cosmic symbols, many of which share an elemental relationship with Kabbalah. And these symbols and signs are meant to protect against black magic and the evil eye, as well as the curing of sickness. The same is told in the story of Daniel and the use of the evil eye to subdue the lion or the stories of those able to subdue animals with a glance, with a look. It's the power of the soul. Those who have no soul, those who have no glance, have no look, you can see the emptiness. You can see the hollowness. That's what the artificial system is offering you. Endless pleasure. Endless relaxation. But see, The lie is that you'll never have to experience pain again. You'll never have to experience hardship again. 
You'll never have to experience the lack of acceptance or love again. These are things that will be eradicated in the new world. But what are the solutions to these very human problems? Well, it's quite simple, and some might consider it morbid. But if you kill yourself, you'll never have to suffer the effects of certain viruses. You'll never, ever have to experience heartbreak again. Well, maybe you do, but the idea is not that complex. It's not so existential. It suggests that we will give you this perfect system, a perfect world. You just have to submit to us. If you die, you don't have to worry about money anymore. You don't have to worry about anything anymore. You'll be dead, we'll be in charge, and you'll be happy somewhere else. That's essentially what we're being told. And while we're getting on the ship, there are so many people saying it's a cookbook. They're not trying to reset the world. They're not trying to alter your DNA and create a reality that is underneath of our reality, but overlaid on top of it. A digital environment with holograms and with replicas of the real world. They're not doing that to make your life easier. They're doing it to make their lives easier so that they can control you. Who they are? Psychopaths, sociopaths, black magicians, evil SOBs, and things that are not so human. Things that come and give you an apple. Things that come and give you the algol rhythm. Things that come and give you technology. Things that come and promise you peace. Things that come and promise you free things. Things that come and tell you you can be like God. Whispering. With an increasing hiss into your ear. That if you accept it, you'll be powerful. And when you accept it, not knowing your own power, you give up the power you have and you are stripped of that real power. In magical and alchemical terms, it's part of the process of life. It's part of what we call God's plan that these demonic forces are implemented to trick, not in a malicious way, but to trick and to tempt the adherence to a more organic, natural, God-given ideology of existence. To trick them, to tempt them, and to see who is truly worthy of the kingdom of heaven. Now, it's not really a complex thought when you think about it that way. But to try to sum up that in a brief conversation in a conversation where the depth is very shallow, you can't. So people refer to God, they refer to Muhammad or Allah, they refer to the Bible, the Quran, they refer to their respective text, belief system, etc. They refer to their belief that technology will make the world a better place and we will all transcend the physical world and go to this utopian reality. But the reality is that's not going to happen. You're going to get on the ship and you're going to be eaten by that system. 
that free technology that the demon or the alien gives you destroys the world. It doesn't save the world. It destroys everything because you can't handle it. So the alien, Algol, chooses a person to give this technology in the movie. The demon star or the demon's eye, the eye of Momo, the eye of the devil, stares at you in the dark, in the abyss. When you look into your computer monitor, when you look into your phone, when you look into your tablet, when you stare into the ceiling right now or down the hall or in your bedroom with the lights out listening to this show, staring into the abyss, when that abyss is artificially lit and you are promised all these wonderful things, you're being invited into another world. In our case, it's a digital alternate reality. And people are being recruited into it. And I believe that the subject of ascension is another manipulative, deceptive, and omissive tool to convince people that ascension to another timeline or another dimension is the way out of this hell, when in fact, it's like Event Horizon. The portal is there to bring you into hell. And it will make you do all types of terrible things to yourself and to others to get to this wonderful place that doesn't exist to begin with. So as you stare into your computer monitor, as you stare into your cell phone, as you stare into your tablet tonight or this morning or in the afternoon, as you hold, sit next to, lay next to, or watch your black mirror, your monolith, don't allow yourself consciously to be transformed into something that is unhuman, inhuman, subhuman. Don't allow yourself to be transformed in an artificial way and to be placed under the submissive direction and control of an artificial system, of AI, of the blinking eye, of Algol, the demon's head, Medusa, the head of serpents. Consciousness is more powerful. And that's why here in my studio, I rearranged my studio this last week and I got rid of a few little things. I tried to make things look really organized. It bothers me when things aren't organized. I got nice picture frames for everything. But the one thing I made sure was front and center that I could see during the show, every show, was my wheel of the year and my bronze ankh that I have on the wall which hangs over top of my pentagram kind of like a small little tapestry and those two symbols are representative of exactly what I'm talking about the cross of the ankh the four points of the pentagram, those are the wounds of Christ, the stigmata, those are, with the fifth point, those are the three, if the feet are crucified together, 
points of crucifixion or the four points of crucifixion. The top part is bloodied by the crown, but the circle at the top of the Tau cross, Ankh, the Tau cross is what the Romans used to crucify people on. The circle at the top or the fifth point of the pentagram is consciousness rising out of the four corners of the algorithmic world. It is consciousness rising out of the abyss, rising out of Maya, illusion, rising out of the 6G hyper unconnected experience for all. The reality is we're already connected to nature, animals, each other, and ourselves. And we lose that when we touch the monolith. If you're going to touch the monolith, at least be conscious and aware and limit your exposure to those toxins and poisons of the mind and of the soul. That's why we use symbols like the Ankh and the Pentagram, or that's why I use those symbols as reminders of how powerful consciousness is and how powerful, you can call it light, call it God, call it whatever, how powerful that innate, driving, spiritual, fiery force really is. That without it, we succumb to the abyss and are absorbed into the black mirror and transformed into that which the alien force wishes us to be transformed into. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, and thank you all so much for tuning in this evening right here on The Fringe FM. Our website is www.thesecretteachings.info. And real quick, check it out, www.thesecretteachings.info. If you go to the website, you can subscribe for a monthly subscription. You pay $10 a month. A lot of people do that just to support the show. You can access the archive and my digital books on the website with that subscription or go for the yearly subscription. It's much cheaper right now for the month of Letha, June, the summer solstice. $45 gets you a one-year subscription to the archive, access to all the digital books, and a physical copy of one of my books with free shipping in the U.S www.thesecretteachings.info rdgable at yahoo.com is the email for PayPal and to get in contact with me. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy and we will talk to you on the next broadcast. Thank you all so much for supporting the show and supporting the network. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.